the draw the death machine, Sammy Callahan, and you were watching and or listening to Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of the Bill After Seal of Approved. Count it out with Mike and Tyler. My name is Tyler. I am joined by, I'm going to call you Sad Mike this week because we oh, both oh, should oh, be. Oh, oh, oh. This is my the, name. Well, it's not on my screen. You don't have it. Is it not? You don't, you don't see it when it's, when it's up there? Oh, that's, it's not there. Yours. It's in the corner. The hardest of oh, Mike's. Oh. Is that what we're going with? The hardest. The hardest. No, we're the saddest of Mike. <laughs> this is going to be a sad. sad. Yes, the Bengals I'm lost this sad. week. Oh, it was wow. terrible. I'm sad about that. I was very Let's, sad. We weren't going to bring that up. Let's not but, talk uh, about that. So did the Steelers, so it's okay. Um, and they... That's the only thing I'm taking out of that. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I'm taking out of this week is that the Steelers lost. Um, I'm actually disappointed about Aaron Rodgers being out for the season because I was looking forward to see what him and the Jets were going to be able to do this year. So I'm actually disappointed about that. Um, you know who looks really good this year, strangely enough, because of Aaron Rodgers being out? Green Bay put on a hell of a fucking show this week. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow said it best. It's week one. Nothing counts. Mm-hmm. It's week one. That's it. But, that's it. Yeah, because Packers look good. You know, you know, you know what? Good for you. Anybody who cheers for the Cleveland fucking Browns, you got to win over us. It's week one. It's not going to happen again. Yeah, Enjoy the rest of your fucking it. shitty season. Suck it, Miz and Dolph Ziggler. Is the Miz a Browns fan? He's from Cleveland. Miz, uh, Miz I don't did, give a fuck. <laughs> he did the open. He did the opening ceremonies at the game this week. Ugh, Miz. Yeah, gross. that's gross. why. That's why the great one of the greatest people that's ever been on this show is the draw Sammy Callahan. You know, there's a lot of um Bengals fans in, in the wrestling world, right? Uh Montez Pil- Ford. No Pil- uh, Pillman, Mox. Moxley, Pillman Jr. Um Zachary Wentz from the Rascals is a big Bengals oh, no fan. Yeah. yeah, they're they're all from that the, the radicals are all oh, the rascals, sorry, are all uh, from that area, right? They're and- all from the the Angelo Dawson from um, Street Profits is a big Bengals fan as well. He's been to a few games. Mm-hmm. Carl Anderson, a big Bengals uh, fan. Jake Christ. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, so and it's fun. We're going to talk a little bit about Barry Wrestling here, but we had a fun little interaction with Bobby Orlando at Bo- Barry Wrestling talking about the, he walked up to you. He, and, and he did. Said, yeah. You know, congratulations on signing Joe Burrow, and he's a big New York Jets fan. He was actually at the Jets game uh, on Monday night. Oh, Bobby, we got. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> to, but the to, Jets to won. Win. Yeah, but it's the game where where Rogers went down. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. what a finish! What a finish! But to see like to have that. to witness that to to see that poor man, you know, all the hype. I think it's just because of all the hype. Before you know, we, the hype all summer. Before we get into Barry wrestling, I want to. Uh, I haven't told you this uh, off air yet, but uh, for anybody that is. A, a sports fan in general there's this fantastic instagram site called handshake bets oh that's not the most thinking. okay and uh the they do these crazy bets they they're, they're really good like they do most sports but for football has been entertaining 
they had one guy do a he he bet that he could eat a chicken nugget for every pass thrown in the Jets <laughs> and uh the Jets and the Bills game on Monday night and he did it. Yeah. He ate he ate 62 chicken nuggets. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that like somebody ate 70 chicken nuggets and he and he went paralyzed. Yeah. This guy ate, he ate <laughs> that's, and, that's... and he was a Jets fan, so it was hilarious because like they they followed his ups and downs with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Yeah, it was it was it's a 62 chicken nuggets. Yeah. Now listen in one listen. sitting in a four hour span. You... You want to talk about me and my 16 Mac bites? That might be just as bad. 62. I wonder how many Mac bites I could eat. Probably 62. Think, You're disgusting. You think I could do 62? Well, <laughs> I don't have a segue well, for this. Here, here's what here, here's what we'll do. If we don't get it, if we don't get any better this year, I'll say I'll eat a Mac bite for every time Joe Burrow gets fucking sacked in the playoffs. You will not make it through the season. You will die. <laughs> Uh, I don't have any clever segues, but I want to talk about our weekend we had. We had a what a uh, great weekend! It really was. Uh, we can, we I, met can up. I can on on a personal level? I'm sorry to cut you off. On a personal, can I just tell you? I want to thank you, man. Uh, this was I just had one of the best weekends I've had in a long time. Yeah, and not and not just because um, we did our. We're going to talk about this in a second. We did our first live show, which everybody knows about. We're going to talk about that, and it was a very wrestling weekend, which is always fun. But it was just, I don't know, there was something really special about this weekend. Um, you and I don't get to hang out in person as much as I'd like. We live in two different towns. We live two very different schedules, very busy schedules. So, you know, this this podcast, this is our hangout time, right? Yeah, we're, so, we're so, friends. So the one every couple months that you and I get to chill out in person is really cool for me. Out of all the shows we did together, all the times we hung out... There was something different about this weekend. I I don't I can't pinpoint it, but there was something really special about this past weekend. Um, that show itself. Did you just feel something in the air at back to school? Because because I did. It was really weird. Even like even Gabe Day Sean wasn't stabbing people and and making you want to slit your wrists and run away. You know, uh, you know, Show Day Sean was making jokes with me and. And 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 nobody was really pissing me off. And the, the people that I personally I won't name names, obviously, but the perfect the people I don't personally like from the Barry Circle weren't there. And the people I love the most, my closest friend from childhood, James, he was there. And you and Wilson, who I've adopted as my, one of my best friends as well, you were all there. And the wrestlers, they were just on this different level of friendliness this weekend. I don't know, man. This weekend was just really above and beyond for me. And then, of course, when Barry was all done, you and I jumped over to Angus, went to visit our boy Adam uh, and the crew over at Rock Solid Wrestling, and which was a perfect cap for the weekend for me. You see, it's funny. Like, I had the exact same experience with you feelings-wise. Like, I felt yeah. something special. I loved hanging out with everybody. But I didn't get to see anybody. <laughs> I, you, I was stressing. You and I have, you and I have very different uh, roles at, at Barry, though. Well, I know, and and like normally we get to Barry a little bit earlier, and and like the I, we, I was saying when I picked you up at the train station, I was like, fuck, like I'm stressed. Like I, I we usually get to Barry about twelve thirty, one o'clock, and we didn't get there till closer to two <laughs> to. 2.30 this time. Yeah, and... yeah. Yeah, but we, we show up at 12.30 with big face, then we go have drinks and, and lunch. Well, we fair. just skipped that part. We just skipped that part <laughs> this time. 
But like this, this time was different. I was a little on edge. I, I didn't know how the live show was going to go. I didn't know what our setup was going to be for it. Uh, I didn't know what my ring announcing duties were going to be. Uh, but we got it all worked out. I want to give a big shout out to Alan and the crew. Uh, I'm not going to name everybody, but uh, just that whole production team. Uh, they Chris, are amazing. Yeah, Christy was fantastic at helping set all that up as well. And yeah. Alan Alan got us the footage. We will be... Uh, they they didn't have to do anything for us. Let's just put that out there. Um, sorry, I always I was based on his last demo. I want to put over his, his company. Alan, it's... Um, what's... What's Alan's last name? Uh, I only just know him as Alan, to be honest. I know, but Taylor, but Alan his, Taylor. Thank you, Alan Taylor. Alan Taylor UK. That's his. Uh, that's his webpage. Go look at the stuff he 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 can do. Um, he runs this this production company. Alan and his crew. Uh, the the one guy I always face on the name. He's a great guy. I for next show I'll I'll, I'll remember your name. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, uh, a guy that used to work for them doesn't work there anymore named Dan. Chrissy is amazing. I love Chrissy to death. She's from my home area. Um, but they didn't they didn't owe us shit. They didn't have to do anything for us. They didn't have to tape our show. They didn't have to do anything for us. They went out of their way. They came to us asking us questions. How can we make you guys look good tonight? Alan Taylor Productions, man, um, if, you, if you're running a show and you need someone to tape it, alantaylor.uk look them up no one's going to make your wrestling show or whatever you do look as good as they do go to iwtv to, uh, uh to 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 realize that look how good they look barry wrestling looks at iwtv that's because of alan taylor um i'm going to stop showing them now but I, I this is not me he didn't ask me to do this he didn't pay me to do this he doesn't even know i'm doing this he's not listening to this show I just love that company so much because they make Barry Wrestling look amazing and they made us look fantastic. You guys haven't seen this yet. You're not going to see it for another probably two weeks. But but when you do, man, I was blown away because I saw that the the Instagram, anyone who saw the Instagram show is going, okay, you guys suck. Because the Instagram show, you know, it's, it's a cell phone. It's my cell phone microphone and you can't hear shit you, you hear people talking here alan made us sound like a million fucking dollars um i can't put them over enough yeah they were incredible uh and then i had to get caught up on my ring announcing duties for the night so you and wilson went and got lunch with james <laughs> and i didn't see you guys for a bit can, uh, can, can i can i can i put wilson's appetite over for a minute Oh, I go I, out. You and, don't need to put and, it over to me. I we go out, and I was stressed. I was stressed. I wanted to make sure that show was good, and I'm thinking I can't eat too much because I'm going to be under the bright lights. I'm going to be under. I'm going to be in front of a crowd. Last thing I need is fucking barfing in the middle of the ring. So I'm just. I got something small. I have one drink, something small, you know, whatever. So that's what I did. I had a beer. I had one shot with Wilson just to piss you off, um, just because you told me not to do shots. So I did one shot. I had an order of uh, fantastic calamari at this restaurant, and that was it. Wilson, on the other hand, he's got nothing to do but to sit at the counter no table, fucking <laughs> look at people and smile. So that motherfucker had an eight ounce fucking steak, a lobster tail, a big pile of my mashed potatoes. You fight like three shots, two beers, you name it. 
fucking uh, Wilson's a Wilson's a fucking trooper, man. Wilson would have did that even if he was getting in the ring to do a seminar. That's his Wilson. He can do it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it was funny. I was very adamant that you not drink this time, get drunk. I was very, very adamant. Do not come back drunk. You actually had one of my favorite lines of uh, of the whole night. It was, was it? Was it? I'm whispering. I'm sorry. In your ear when I swore. No. No, that was a great line too. That that made me laugh a lot too. Um, <laughs> no, it was right, horrible. It, it was right before. It was right before we were about to start the show. I think we had were just about to put the chairs in the ring, and I looked at you and I said, "Hey, man, when's the last time you climbed in a wrestling ring? Are you are you? Uh, do you want to like get in and do a couple practice runs on this or whatever?" And he looked at me and said, "Nope." If I'm going to make an ass of myself, I'm going to do it one time, and it's going to be in front of a crowd of people. And I was like, I respect the hell out of that. Well, the way I look at it, people are going to see it anyways, right? So so I'm going to make an ass of myself. I'm only going to do it once. Uh, And I was proud of you. You only swore once. You only, and it was shit. So it wasn't even that bad. I said shit. It wasn't even that bad of a word. I didn't call Jay Lee a cunt or anything. We don't. Uh, We don't say the c word on the show. So I, uh, yeah, I was proud of myself for that, but, uh, I did feel bad. I did drop the shit word. Um, I felt even worse a little later when Jay Lee literally requested, like he asked permission to swear and then said, asked, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't even count that as a swear anymore. Uh, I would like to also give a very big thank you to Jay Lee for helping us with that. Uh, he yeah. had a he had a big day. A his class act. His match got changed four hours before the show started, and all <laughs> he of a sudden, found out on Instagram. He found out on Instagram, and all of a sudden, he's in the main event against Brett Banks, and and they had a yeah. banger of a main event. It was fantastic. So, uh, you know, Jay Lee, and and we get into it in the live show, and and you'll hear more of it in our conversation with him in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we we broke into Barry Wrestling together. The first our first show was his first show. It was two years ago to the day of uh, this show back to school seven was our first show and this was back to school nine. So it all was like a really cool full circle moment. And and just to watch, just to watch how far he's come in his career. And, you know, like uh, he's just like, he's got this buzz about him now. He's one of the most sought after talents. He, he's really like going to take fans, off. The fans, not just in Barry, but the fans in Ontario, fan fans in on the scene love Mm-hmm. absolutely love him promoters love him independent wrestling aficionados love him and for good reason he's deserved that spot there's a reason he's the longest reigning three pistol champion of all time because sean say what you want to say about sean sean knows business though sean knows what's going to make his company you know that extra buck and get, get that extra couple seats in there jay lee puts people in those seats yeah. he does because because, because, you know, you have your entertainment guys, you got your Puffs, you got your Rickies, you got your Bobbies, you got, you know, you got those guys who are going to make you laugh, going to make you cry, going to make you all that. Then you have your wrestlers. You have those guys that you come to watch, put on the best show of the night, of the week, of the month, of the year. And Jay Lee is in every one of those fucking categories. Every time. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Um, the show was fantastic. Check it out on IWTV if you can. Top One of my favorite shows we've been to, yeah. Trent yeah. Seven's coming in for the next show. That's really cool. Him and Flares are going to have a banger. I am like, I'm really excited to get to announce Trent Seven to the ring. That guy's a WWE NXT superstar, you know, Mustache yeah. Mountain. Like, that's super cool for me. 
but then it was fun. Like the show was over. We said our goodbyes. We had great conversation people. And when we jumped in the car and drove about 20 minutes down the road to, to this small town in, called Angus, and we caught the end of Rock Solid Wrestling, we got to meet up with Adam, which was great. We surprised him. He didn't know we were coming. Uh, we got to catch up with some of our friends that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Crystal Moon. Uncle, we, Co- Uncle Custom is always a class act. Yeah, Uncle Custom was great to talk to. We saw Crystal Moon. Uh, Tornado, Jake O'Reilly, and Tyler I was Turva. Tyler Turva. We got to meet him finally after him being on the show a couple weeks ago. And I, and of course, one of my favorites was uh, Big Ben Ortman's. I haven't seen always him, I haven't seen him in almost a year, so I was so happy to see him. He came over, gave us a big hug. I don't think I've seen Ben since the night he got hurt. We weren't there that night, were we not? We were there, like, are you talking about at the cross body show? No, no, no. At uh, this match with Holden at Barry, no, we weren't there for that one. Wow, I, was, I... I wasn't there for that. Maybe see, you were. See, see, that's how good Barry. That's how good Alan Taylor is in IWTV. I, I felt like I was there. No, yeah. I thought I was there. I, yeah. I like absolutely love seeing Ben. It was great to catch up with him. Make sure you guys are checking out Crossbody Pro Wrestling. Uh, they got Always. a big show coming up with Fuerza versus Ortiz from AEW. That's be huge. That's I don't know what match. I'm looking forward to more that or his match against Trent. Yeah, you know, Fuerza, it, it, the year of it Fuerza, doesn't matter who right? we are. The year yeah. of Fuerza continues. So Woo. yeah, overall it was a great time. I, I'm excited for the next Barry Wrestling Show, October 7th. I'm excited for Crossbody <laughs> Pro Wrestling. I'm excited for Destiny Wrestling coming up. Uh, and we're getting spoiled with some good wrestling around here. Before we wrap up our weekend here and move on, um, I'd like to tell a really quick little personal story that you you weren't around for, you didn't see. So um, I'm going to sure you realize this happened. Um, you and I went to say our final goodbyes. We were looking for Jay Lee uh, to say thank you one last time and, and jump in the car. Um, while you were tracking down Jay Lee, I ran into Brett Banks. And I had a chance to, to walk up to Brett and, and shake his hand and... I got to say thank you to Brett for something that there's no way he could have known. Um, I told Brent Banks that night that he is responsible for, for reigniting my love for indie wrestling back in 2009. I had fallen out. I had, you know, when I went, when I moved, I was moving around Ottawa, Montreal, all these places, I barely saw any indie wrestling and I, I stopped paying attention to the Ontario scene and I didn't, you know, I, I, I kind of fell out of love with the indie scene altogether. In 2009, I moved back to North Bay and I went to a show uh, put on by Blood, Sweat, and Years. This is, uh, you know, pre-Smash. And uh, the main event that night was a triple threat cage match, triple threat tag team cage match. Now, my memory sucks, so I forget the one team. But one of the teams was... Brett Banks and Johnny K, his old his old uh, tag team, and they were up against Ashley Six or th- this other team that I can't remember. Plus Ashley Six and Michael Elgin in a steel cage, and I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, this is why I love professional wrestling." And after that, I started going back to more BSE shows, and then eventually Smash shows, and you know, so on, so on, so on. I got to walk up to Brent Banks this week, shake his hand and tell him I was at that match that night. Thank you so much for that. And he smiled and he said he actually remembered that match and uh, had good memories and stuff like that. And Brent's a uh, a really good guy. I, I don't know him very well, but it was 
really cool to catch up and tell them that little bit of the story. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's this weird stigma, especially when you're working within the business. There's this stigma about acting like a mark around the boys. But every once in a while, man, to me, it's not acting like a mark. It's 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 showing respect. I I need to to tell these guys you don't understand what you've done for a guy like me. And I got to do that. And that was, you know, he's going to forget that. He forgot that by the time he got in his car. But for me, that was fucking special being able to thank him for, because if, if he didn't do that that night, if he, if I didn't see that match that night, who knows, man, um, we might not be doing the show right now. Oh, you know what I, I, mean? got, I got heat with Brett Banks then. <laughs> Anyways, that was just a what special story me, I wanted. That was just a special story for me. I wanted to. I wanted to tell. Yeah, you know, it's uh, we had two very similar, but yet two very different weekends. Like I, I felt sad because I didn't get to spend the time with you and Wilson and James or that I wanted to. Um, I just I couldn't come down like i was i was strung up a little bit i was high strung you really were yeah i i I had a lot on my plate i i had a lot of things changing on the fly that i was trying to keep up with and then like even after the show like i just couldn't relax like even when we were at uh rock solid i I just couldn't i couldn't relax i just couldn't shake that i couldn't even i couldn't even convince you to go have a drink yeah i just like I don't know. I was just kind of like, I, I don't know if I was over exhausted, if I was over stressed out, but I just like, I needed to go home. Like I just needed to like, I don't know if I need to like a loan space. Like I got just, something was just off like with me. I, and, and it's weird because I had such an incredible night and I just couldn't like de-stressify, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so like, I was very sad that I didn't get that interaction. And even when I had the opportunity to, I couldn't, get it out of me you know what i mean yeah Yeah, like yeah so that was weird for me but there was this magical feeling in the air and in the arena and and i made a point after we did the live show because like i had to rush because like we're getting ready to start the show i need to get my last minute notes from 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 a couple people but i made a point to stop and i I walked over to you at before the show started i gave you a hug and i said this was really special for me and i wanted you to know that and i know i haven't Mm -hmm. had a chance to express that yet because i'm stressed but just so you know, this was very special for me. It was really special for me too, man. We uh, like everybody knows I've been wanting to do this kind of thing for a long time. Um, I'm glad we did with Jay Lee. Uh, Jay Lee, it just it just made sense to do it with Jay Lee. Um, and we, and hopefully we're gonna keep doing these. Uh, you know, if we do, if we're able to do four to five of these a year, I'll be happy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and and I'm not just talking about about at Barry. Like we might we might uh, you know my my dream is to uh, is to go and do. Uh, do it at a bar and stuff like that one day and stuff like that. Uh, you know, that might take a couple of years, but but eventually we're going to get no, there. You're not allowed uh, to do a live show at a this, bar. This, this is, that's my dream, man. <laughs> I want I want to do the stuff that, uh, you know, that, that, that like Conrad and, and Bruce are doing, you know, they're sitting there having drinks in front of a crowd on a stage. And that's what I want to do. Um, you know, just, just, just freewheeling, you know, uh, free balling, free balling. Now th- this one was special, but, um, there's a lot bigger things I have visioned for us. You know oh, what God. I mean? But ter- the first I'm one, terrified. but like I said, the first one's always special. And, uh, and uh, this one, this was our first, this was, this is where we busted our cherry. And I'm, uh, I'm so happy that you and Jay Lee were in the ring with me while it, while, while that cherry was busted. 
this is why we're not this is why we're not allowed nice things and uh um great uh show great show title for the next Barry show by the way no we're not doing that no it's car are you talking about busting nuts or no the next the next show is called this is why we can't have nice things oh okay you're talking about <laughs> busting nuts that you wanted to be a title for a show it's like all right that's that would that would be a great fucking show i mean Sean anyways did- let's let's move on from our weekend here Yes, uh, the world of wrestling. What's going on in the world of wrestling? I I, I don't care. Um, oh. I got. Yeah, I got. I got. Let's talk about fun. Let's thing to talk about things we like. I like um, wrestling. I, yeah, first of all, no, you don't. I do kind of. I want to talk about this wrestler documentary on Netflix. No, watch, watch Not it. Not yet. No, no. Yeah, sure. Okay. No. All I'm gonna say is watch it. I'm uh I'm on episode four right now. And it's incredible. And uh, speaking we'll talk, of which, we'll talk about it any, more in detail later. Hopefully, anybody who uh, tuned in today, like I, I announced last week, said no. I added it out. No, I added it out of the show. Well, you didn't tell me that. Well, because I'm the editing wizard. Well, you have to tell me these things. Well, I also get to edit again. <laughs> I'm not editing this. We are. We are in talks. Hopefully, to we're trying yes. to to get Al Snow on the show. We've we've spoken yes. to him. That's all we're going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Have faith in me here. Uh, I'm the editing wizard. So edit this out, please. No. Uh, it's too late. So we're recording this on a Wednesday at midnight, and I got to be up at 6 a.m., and I still got to edit this show. So uh, this is it, right. baby. One take. <laughs> this is a one-take show. One take, Walsh at it. Let me, uh, let me get into this then. Tonight's list, I, I uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I, I told you guys that uh, – I absolutely have, uh, adore wrestling, wrestling in general, in 1991 and 1992. It's two of my favorite years of professional wrestling. And here we are talking about 1993. <laughs> but 1993 <laughs> leaves some question marks for me. So I wanted to see, is, is, is 1993 good or bad? And that was my that was my goal for today, to do this list we're going to talk about the top seven greatest pay-per-view matches of 1993, and we're going to come to a conclusion whether or not 1993 was a good year or not. Let me um, let me ask you a question before we get into any of this. I have yeah. a question for you. I'm, you not, said, I'm not ready to get into the list yet. Just, yeah, I know, but before have, we get into okay. your conversation, I have a question because it just okay. goes off what you said there. You said sure. you love 1991-1992. Yeah. Now that you've watched 1993's pay-per-view matches, mm-hmm. what year is better in the ring? 91, 92, 93, 93 is a strong year. 93, 93 surprised me. And I'd probably put 93 over 91 now. I would but, agree uh, with that. But nine, but 92 is still my year. Yeah. 92 had some bangers. I I would say 92, 93, 91. That would be my order person. Yeah. That, that, that's how I'm doing it. Although um, WrestleMania seven, WrestleMania seven is a grossly underrated WrestleMania. Okay. 1993, WrestleMania was the worst pay-per-view of the year. So That is correct. <laughs> um, let me tell you something, though. Something I realized, and this is going to lead to this, this topic of discussion I want to talk to you about. Now, for my list, I focused on WWF and WCW because I'm doing pay-per-views. But there was another product that was having a pretty good year in 1993, and that's All Japan Wrestling. And Tyler, do you know who was having a fucking banger of a year in all Japan? 
in 93. Yes, uh, Dr. Destiny Williams was having a banger year. You're not, you're not wrong. But the other man who was having a fucking year was Stan the Man Hansen. Yeah, Stan Hansen had a good year. Stan Hansen had a great 93. And it led me to, I went, I kind of got off, I got like sidetracked. I went down a bit of a Stan Hansen rabbit hole. And Stan Hansen has been called by several sources the greatest and most influential gaijin in the history of Japan wrestling. Hard to argue. So here's what I want to ask you. I'm putting two guys up against each other. Who deserves that title? The most the most influential and the most iconic gaijin in Japan. You can't just or, or, put me on the or, spot it, with these things. Is it yes I can. Is it Stan Hansen or Kenny Omega? Um who's more important from a gaijin standpoint, who's more important in Japanese wrestling? It's hard. I'm honestly, I don't have an answer. I, I, I do have an answer, and it's not the popular one, but I think my reasoning for it. You're going to go Stan Hansen? I'm going Kenny. Oh, you're going Kenny. Okay. Uh, for the, the reason that because of guys like Kenny Omega and, and the Bullet Club, let's just say the Bullet Club and Hole, but mm-hmm. with, you know, AJ, Kenny, like that whole group. They got New Japan Pro Wrestling over bigger than it's ever been in North America. 100%. And, and Stan didn't bring that to North I, America. I agree, I agree with you. Stan so, did amazing things that he was more, I think he was more respected by, oh yeah, he's, by that culture than Kenny was. Kenny's, but, Kenny's well respected too, but yeah, Stan is... I, I, I agree, but Stan... It was also two very very different eras, obviously. Two very different companies. Uh, All Japan and New Japan are two very different worlds. You know what I mean? You you got Gato and you got Baba, and they they did things very, very differently. Um, I think it was probably harder as a gaijin to get the respect of Baba than it probably was to get the respect of Gato. Well, I mean, the business is so different too mm-hmm. like now compared to what it was then like like new japan was in a downward it was it was like wwf in the early 90s they were in a down period until the bullet club came like the bullet club really sure. revamped that company the the you know and tanahashi had a big hand in that and okada had a big mm-hmm. hand in that as well and shinsuke nakamura but um you know all japan pro wrestling had kenta kabashi mitsusawa misawa um stan hansen vader uh gary what? albright Leads to my leads to my question: Who else would you put in that in that conversation, though? Other other than than Hanson and Omega, who do you put in that conversation of the greatest gajings? Terry Funk, like obviously Terry Funk, one thousand percent. Obviously, you brought up the name Vader. I think Vader Vader has to be in. It has to be in that conversation. Bruiser Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. Yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Snuka doesn't get the credit he deserves. He was a big part of Brody and Hanson's squad. I never Uh, thought that. Yeah, you're in. Hogan. Hogan was huge. Thank you. And that was the next name I was going to bring up because we're we're going to talk about uh, uh, Hogan in 1993. And Hogan spent more time in New, in Japan than he did in the United States in 1993. Well, he got in all kinds of heat in 93 for that. You yes. know the story with the belt, right? Not all of it. No, I don't know. I don't know it in depth. No. So he brought the – he was the WWF world champion, and I think he went and worked a, a war show with uh, Tenru. Okay. 
I I don't know if it was War. It was I can't remember the promotion's name. Uh, it wasn't War. Either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, but they worked a dome show together. They they had a working relationship with the WWF. That's why you saw Tenru at WrestleMania working Demolition. WWF right. was working with them, sending a lot of talent to to Japan. And Hogan was cutting a promo in Japan, basically saying like. The WWF title is meaningless to me. I want the Japanese championships. And he got a lot of heat for, for cutting that promo. Hmm. I I do remember that promo. Uh, where did the heat come from? Mostly from, from Vince and, and company? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're the world champion. Well, you can't be saying of that course. shit, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Hogan, Hogan's got a long history in Japan, but I think Terry Funk might take the number one spot for me. You got to also, you know, Abdul the Butcher, had a big run in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dory let, Funk let, Jr. Let, as well. Oh, hold on. Let's, the, the Dynamite let's throw some Kid. Flowers. The Dynamite yes, Kid. Sir. Yes, sir. Let's throw, throw some fla- flowers to uh to Prince Devitt, uh, Finn Balor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you know, he's not he wouldn't be, you know, topping it, but he brought the Bullet Club out, and you know, that's very important. Yeah. He, um, he he had brought, the run. Brock Lesnar to a degree. Uh, he only had like six matches over there, like mm-hmm. I wouldn't give it to Brock. He that was fucked up. I think I only give it to I. I think I only give it to Brock, and that that's it. I have to give it to Brock because of the time period. Scott Things Norton happening in New Japan. It got it got eyes back on Scott Norton. His Japan run is so underrated. Mm-hmm. People former, don't realize how good that man. A hundred percent. People don't understand how really good he was. And and you know, it's the same thing you, you mentioned, Doctor Death, Steve Williams. You know, you want to talk about. Sure, his NWA stuff was good. His WWE stuff was fucking garbage. Yeah. But Dr. Death Steve Williams, you want to see the best of Steve Williams? Go watch his Japan stuff. Yeah, he's 100%. a former, he's triple crown champion. Um, yeah. I actually just watched a huge documentary all about his entire Japanese run. It's incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually about his whole career pretty much, but mainly folks on Japan. Fantastic. Cool. I should send you the link. It's really good. Please do. Yeah. Um, uh, get, yeah get Terry, it, Terry it. Funk is my, my main answer, though. That that I'm not gonna argue on that. Uh, getting into 1993, uh, before we hit the list, 93 was a weird fucking year, man. Yeah, we're... 93, 93 is a year of transition for everywhere. You know, for for the last ten years, uh, WWF especially, it was it was the Hulk Hogan show. Okay, for ten straight years, it's Hulk Hogan. He's had up until now for the for the last. Not, uh, eight WrestleManias up until now. Let's not count nine because that happens in 93. Um, uh, from WrestleMania 1 to WrestleMania 9, every show is headlined by by uh, by Hulk Hogan. Now, before you correct me, no, I know he didn't. I know he didn't finish. Uh, he didn't close out WrestleMania 4. I still count him as the headliner because the headline of, the, of WrestleMania 4 was the tournament. Uh-huh. So you didn't know. Nobody put money down on that show because they were they thought oh. they were getting Randy Savage and, and Teddy Biasi. They and put money down because well, who was on the poster? Hogan and Andre. Hogan and Andre. That was okay. Tough. So so he may not have closed the show, but the motherfucker headlined. So, I mean, and he was posing in the ring at the end of the show. Exactly. So Hogan he headlined. Pose. He headlined every WrestleMania for for eight straight years. This is this this was the formula that WWF followed this whole time. Now ninety three comes. It's halfway through ninety two, and you know steroid the steroid bullshit is happening. Um, 
shortly after WrestleMania, Hogan goes bye-bye. Yeah, after WrestleMania 8, he was gone. We, exactly. We don't see Hogan again until shortly before WrestleMania 9. And even then, the storyline is, it's not like they're throwing him straight into the into the main storyline. He, you know, he's doing stories where he's helping his butter brutai. He's, uh, you know, he, he's got that very underrated, I believe, um, and I know you agree, tag team match at uh, WrestleMania 9. Um, but then, of course, he does the uh, he he does the bullshit finish at WrestleMania Nine. Everybody bitches about, but then you don't see him again, barely on TV at all, until King of the Ring, which is his last fucking match, uh, his last match on television, anyways. Um, after that, he he does a bunch of uh, of New Japan stuff, and then he's gone. We don't see we don't see that man on television again until no way out in what, what year was it 2002 yeah so let's, you know let's, let's take this back even a step further here though Let, let's open this up a little bit more because there's so much more to it than just hogan you know hogan hogan does well, disappear from tv I'm, I'm gonna talk about a couple other guys but yes right? no but it's not even a couple of guys it's the company as a whole like you said we're yeah. we're in the steroid trial is happening right now a lot of uncertainty we're seeing the rise of guys like bret hart up the card now uh, mm-hmm. By the end of the year, he was your world champion heading into 1993. Uh, we are we are in this weird middle phase where we're not at the new generation yet, but we're yeah. not. We're, we're, we're just in the middle. Working period, our way up. Exactly. Because right? new we new have gen- we have Ric Flair, the greatest world champion of all time, as far as far a lot of people are concerned at this point in time. He's on our roster, but in a few weeks, he's not. Well, then you flip. Then you flip the script, though. Let's look at WCW at this time period because we're focusing mainly on WWF here. WCW yes. in '91 and '92, they're running the dark arena still. Not a lot of mm-hmm. flair. You're starting to see the rise of Eric Bischoff into power mm-hmm. now. His power is growing more and more and more. But you're also getting your biggest star back that the fans have been chanting. We want flair for two years. Exactly. Yeah. And now flair's coming back. So 93. And now you're talking about, you know, I called it, I I called it in WWF a year of transition. It's the same thing in WCW because patterns, because in the beginning of that year, it still very much feels like an NWA product. Yes. It's called WCW, but it feels very NWA. A lot of it. And then throughout the year, you see these changes. The, well, you, these all of a sudden, the arenas, the, the arenas are right? lit brighter. There's more exactly. flashy entranceways. They're doing the universal, time, universal studio tapings, right? By the time 93 ends, the, your typical, you know, rocket NWA field is gone. And we've entered the Bischoff era. It, it, it's, you know, both these companies have huge transitions from January to December. Um, you know, go over to WWF again. You you just you just mentioned it, you know, sure, we started off with guys like Hogan and Flair still in the company. But through the year, who were the stars of that company? Who had, who put on who was making the money? Who was putting on the best shows? It was Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and Mr. Perfect. I don't know about Sean yet. Sean was still finding himself in 92. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Sean this year. Sean had some bangers in 93. Yeah, but we're talking about that transition. Like, 92, Sean was still finding himself. 93, right? Brett, or 92, Brett had found himself. 
one hundred percent. And and Brett and Brett was finding himself in the in the in the the spotlight. He's finding himself in the main event. You know, uh, uh, rightfully so. But Sean, this is a time where he's making the Intercontinental Championship. You know, feel special. Uh, him and him and uh, Mister Perfect are. I, I think so. Anyways, you obviously don't agree with me. He was um, having a good run, but he, you know, know I, Sean. Sean was kind of like getting in his own way a little bit too, because by the end of '93 he was suspended. He was suspended and, and in the middle of '93. Sorry. There, there's another name I keep forgetting to bring up, but uh, Razor Ramon. Uh, this is this is a fantastic year for Scott Hall. Yeah, '93 was really the year of Razor. Him and Brett, I think I I would put Razor ahead of Sean in the pecking order '93 as far as oh, who's well, rising. Well. Sean's not getting uh, shots at the world title right now. You know what I mean? Like you're no, right. but I mean, Sean's your intercontinental champion going into the year. But I, I think by the time the year ends, Razor's stock is higher than Sean's. I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I don't. But then it's, it's fun because then you look at 1994 and, and the drastic changes in the company. Again, the WWF is now new generation and WCW brings in Hulk Hogan and the wrestling yeah. world never looks back after that. Exactly. 94. One day we'll look at, we'll, we'll have a good, a good view at 94. We're going to take a good look at 94 because 94 is a very, you know, not the greatest wrestling, definitely not the best wrestling. Uh, we're going, we're going from the best, like, I think you can agree with me, the best King of the Ring pay-per-view ever to I, maybe to one of the you, worst. WWF <laughs> King of the Ring 1993 is one of the best pay-per-views in the company history. If you, you know, to anybody else, any other fan, you're like, hey, 93, the best pay-per-view was, was King of the Ring and the worst was WrestleMania. They'd probably laugh at you. Yeah. But that's the case, man. Watch it. There were there were only two. I watched a lot of wrestling in the last two weeks. There are only two phenomenal pay-per-views in 1993. There's a bunch of good ones and there's a lot of bad ones, but there's only two phenomenal ones. King of the Ring and Super Brawl 3. Super Brawl 3 is a great card. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else to get into before we talk about my list? Uh, I do not. All right. Hit that pause button so I can fill up this drink because I'm going to need it, baby. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. All right. So I'm just going to I'm just going to jump into it, man. This is my top seven greatest pay-per-view matches from 1993. And I'm going to tell you, man, I think I think I'm gonna get some heat for this list, but not from you. Well, then it doesn't matter because everybody else's opinion is wrong. <laughs> I think you. I think this is my prediction for the show, and we'll, we'll figure it out when I'm all done. My prediction is you're gonna like the matches I chose. You're not gonna particularly agree with my order, and that's, that's about how most of that's, our that's that's pretty exactly. part of the course. Now, with that said, I think a lot of our listeners, I think, are going to be like, "Why well, you forgot this match, you forgot this match, you forgot this match. Well, we can only do seven, boys. So, here we go. We are starting off with a fucking banger of a gruesome, violent match. Uh, something I love to see every once in a while. My number seven is Cactus Jack versus Big Van Vader at Halloween Havoc. I really enjoy this match. But I bet you know why it's my number seven. The, the stipulation to it really hurts it. I, I'm not a Texas Deathmatch guy. And, I don't yeah, I I, hate I, I know you're not. Um, I have to wait and see what else is on and not on your list. Because this is list worthy. 
However, the stipulation might bump it completely out for me. Um, I really enjoy this match. I've watched it twice in the last of a month. Um, they may, it, it's violent enough and entertaining enough that the stipulation doesn't fuck it up for me. You know, but Foley was then planning it, to end his career, right? You know, Foley was planning to end his career during this match. In '93, well, he thought that ah. his he thought his career was going to end during this match because of the spot he did with Vader, where uh, he was on Vader's back on yeah. the ramp, and Vader just jumped backwards and squished him. And, and yeah. Foley fully legitimately thought he was going to be so injured after that that he would have to retire. <laughs> Yet he was cool doing it. He said it didn't hurt that much. That, that's Mick Foley, man. Yeah. Uh, so that's my number seven. Moving on to my number six. Uh, we're moving on to what I consider to be one of my least favorite SummerSlams of all time. Yeah. But it did have a couple shining moments in the in this pay-per-view. And this is one of them. We're going to talk about the Intercontinental Championship being on the on the line from Shawn Michaels versus Mr. Perfect. No. Really? Because this is not you the best. Like, you don't like you don't like this match? This is not the best match on SummerSlam 93, and I don't think you're going to put it on your list. Who who said we're who said we're done talking about it? I just have a feeling in my gut, but no, I was not a big fan of this match. I I I don't know if my really? expe- I don't know if my expectations were too high for it, but okay. I I just felt like it never got out of second gear. No, oh, that's unfortunate. I really enjoy this match. I watched, like I said, I watched it more than once in the last couple of weeks, uh, just to make sure. Because the first time you watch it, you're like. I might just liking this because the two names, because I love those two names. Then you watch it without the bias. And like, yeah, it's still, it's a stellar match. It really is. I, 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 like, I really I, enjoy it. it it's not long. Match. It's only like 12 minutes long, but it, it's a, it's a good match. Like I'm not saying it was a stinker. I just, I don't think it was in the top seven matches of the year for pay-per-views. Huh? All right. Well, this one, I'm sure you're going to agree with me. You have to agree with me because not only is it one of the best matches of the year, it's on the best pay-per-view of the year. We're moving to Bret Hart versus Bam Bam Bigelow in the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. Great match. Great match. I I mean, I'm going to throw something out there. I think this is my favorite Bam Bam Bigelow match of all time. Yeah. Uh, the crowd was hot for it. Bret, uh, the, story, the story that Bret told throughout this night uh, I mean, you could really put all three of Brett's matches from King of the Ring '93 on this list. You know what I mean? It's it, well, it, we'll have a talk about that. I think I it, get some heat for for leaving one off. But. Well, I mean, I I know the one you would leave off, and and it, I understand that because it was the weakest of the three. If that's where we're going with this, but yeah, this was a great match. Uh, Brett, every match he was just a little bit more banged up. You know what I mean? Uh, the match with Razor, he had hurt his fingers, so he came out with his hands taped up for his match with Perfect. Match with perfect. He hurt his knees, so he's limping against Bam Bam. Meanwhile, Bam Bam squashes Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the first round of the tournament, gets a bye in the second round, and is fresh as a daisy fighting Brett. You cannot do better storytelling than this. Plus, we get Luna in there. Like, yeah, man. And, home, home you running. know, sometimes, you know, I, sometimes I kind of hate this because Brett was very much known for these kind of stories where he's always, you know, Oh, Brett got his ass beat 16 times today, and he, uh, you know, uh, he shouldn't even come. He's limping to the ring, and, you know, he fought his he fought his brother earlier today, and now he's facing fucking Yokozuna. There's too many times in WWF history where 
they put Brett in the scenario where yeah. he's where where he's the guy fighting from underneath and and he always wins. He always they, fucking wins. They did at the Royal Rumble too. Exactly. It's it to me it's kind of annoying, but anybody else it, it wouldn't work for it. It works for Brett. It Brett really does work for Brett because Brett makes it real. You know, yeah. like the little things, like yeah, just taping his fingers up. But it's I like do think, it's different. I do think Jr. went a little too far on commentary. Yeah, he's all like, hyped up. He, he, he's so brave. He's so courageous. Oh, not like this. Not like this. He, he's so brave and courageous. Yeah, but that's all what right. makes Jr. amazing. Don't, don't, don't the fuck down. JR. Hey, you know what though? I, I'm okay <laughs> with it because like you're establishing the king of the ring. You want this to be yeah. a big deal. You're putting over 100%. Brett like a million bucks, right? Uh, to me, I think maybe I would have had this at my number seven spot. Just freely blue spacing things out of my head here, but okay, I, I'm interested to see what else we got. Interesting, on here. interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, this has to be mid list for me. This can't be seven for me. I, I thought it was too good of a match, and it, I think it's almost disrespectful to to the legacy of Bam Bam to put it that that yeah, seven, low six, on the list. It's not past it's six like, for me because I do think this is Bam Bam's best match. In his career. I, I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, I didn't watch. We didn't mention Bam Bam. We were talking about the Japanese uh, uh, stuff. I didn't watch a lot of uh, Bam Bam's Japanese stuff. So maybe I'm missing some really good matches. But as far as the Western stuff, as far as WWF goes, this is Bam Bam. This is my favorite Bam Bam match of all time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't argue that one with you. We're moving on. My number four is the main event from my favorite um WWE pay per view of the year. We're going with Super Brawl three, and it's. Uh, are you ready to go to the White Castle of Fear, brother? It's a great We're going match. Vader versus Sting in a what they call it a lights out strap match. I didn't yeah, get that part. I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand that part. But this is probably one of, if not my favorite, strap match of all time. Hey, you want to talk about it's a guy? So good. You want to talk about a guy who had a great year? Ninety two and ninety three was the year of Vader, man. Who is the young, the young song hero of this match? Probably Harley Race. Harley Race. He's so fucking good in this match. I love him. He 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 gets Vader over so well. I you love Harley Race in this. You mentioned violence, man, earlier with the with the Foley match. This match mm-hmm. was violent, and just something about. Like there's certain guys that you just put them together and it's magic and sting and Vader never had a bad match, man. They always created magic. And it just said that it's like a credit to Vader and his bulliness and his dominance and his like big man aura and sting just knowing how to be the underdog. And uh, yeah, man, this is a great match. I, I would even, I wouldn't even had a problem. It was in your number three spot. It was originally in my number three spot. It really was. Then I rewatched this match and said, "This is top three shit. This is top, and I don't give a fuck." I send me your send me your fucking emails. Countdown seven at gmail.com. Tell me how wrong you are that this match does not deserve to be in my fucking top three. My number three. We're going back to my least favorite SummerSlam of all time. We're doing the Steiner Brothers versus the Heavenly Bodies. This match is fucking incredible. This was the match I was very upset at you about. I didn't think it was going to make the list. I I don't know if I'd have it at my number three spot, but fuck is this match phenomenal. It wasn't going to be, man. Originally, I'm like, I bet you this is like a five or six. No, man. I I rewatched it for the first time in a few years. 
I told this, you this is this is top three. This is this is a great match. This is an amazing match. This is uh this is probably Tom Pritchard's greatest best match ever. It's up there. Him and Candino <laughs> had a ba- him and Candino had a banger in the UCW arena too. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, this this match is awesome. Uh, I like the pre-match when Todd Pentengill's interviewing the Steiner's family and his sister, and she keeps calling them by their shoot names instead of their working names, which is so funny. <laughs> um, moving on, moving on to my number two. Um, spoiler alert: the the match I alluded to earlier that is not on my list. From the King of the Ring, 1993. We're not going to be talking about Bret Hart versus uh, Razor Ramon today. No. Main reason being, though, is not only because his match with Bam Bam was better, but his match with Razor Ramon at the Royal Rumble was better. My number two is from the Royal Rumble, 1993, and it's it's Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon. Oh. When was the last time you watched this match? I haven't watched in a while. I know it's a it great is match. Good dude, it's really good. And this is like original heel razor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the build for this match is stuff. good too. The build for this match mm-hmm. is really good. You you don't seem convinced this should be in my number uh, my, my number two. Are you even convinced it should be on my list? I have to rewatch it to say if it's list worthy or not because I haven't watched it in too long for me to to say that. But you're missing. A absolutely huge match then on this list that's somewhere really yeah and and I'll I'll hear your number one before I say what it is but I've got like my number one and number two and and you don't have one of them on your list all right um I don't think my number one is a, a shocker to anybody no I mean the best match in 1993 from any company anywhere. Was Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect of the King of the Ring. Yes. This is just it, it's common knowledge. This is not this is not up for fucking debate. <laughs> no, and we've we've <laughs> talked about this match on our show many many times. Yes. Um, this is a great match. This is this is they, 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 this is up there with you know Bret Perfect at SummerSlam, Bret and Poldag at SummerSlam. This is this is one of Bret's. You know, this, I'm that guy who always uh, claims to hate Bret Hart and then says that uh, Bret Hart's in. 50 of the you know 50 of the 60 greatest matches of all time but it is what it is Bret Hart is I hate him I can't stand the man uh, uh there's a lot I don't like about Bret Hart a lot I don't like about Bret Hart but he puts on the best matches in the world he just does and he's smart enough to know who to put those matches on with we're talking about 1993 some of the best TV matches, you know, this is how good Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are. Some of the best matches put on television were Bret Hart versus Doink the fucking Clown. They had a great match at SummerSlam also. Shawn Michaels versus fucking Crush. Yeah. Okay, these matches shouldn't be as good as they are. But Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart are that fucking good. Bret Hart had a great match against Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler was a great worker. Jerry Lawler was a great worker. He Jerry was Lawler in 93 was... till Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Lawler was not a great worker in WWF. Oh, we cause... never saw 
We never saw Memphis Lawler in WWF ever. Not even once. I think that's why people don't think he's a great worker because he brought the Memphis style and it wasn't it didn't fit in the WWF. In Memphis, he's a phenomenal worker. Yeah, but that's but I, we never saw we never saw that level. But, I think they were watering him down in WWE. Uh, Lawler never changed his style because in Memphis people worked Memphis, and in, in WWF Lawler worked Memphis, but it just was toned down, like you said, and people mm-hmm. weren't used to it. And but to me, I love Lawler. Like Lawler was perfect for what he was in WWF. I mean, out of all the things Lawler did in WWF, the best thing he probably ever did was his storylines with with Bret Hart. Oh, 100%. Kiss my foot match. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about uh, we're talking about the King of the Ring. Uh, after he gets, you know, the crown and everything, after he beats Bam Bam, he's gotten his ass kicked all fucking day. And how does the show end? <laughs> By Jerry Lawler coming out and kicking his ass and telling him to kiss his royal feet. And he's I mean, stiff. That's... He's stiff Brett, too, with that throw. Yeah. Brett was pissed. You want to talk about fucking heat? That's heat right there, brother. So have you you've never um you've never read Brett's book, right? I have not, no. So so it's, Brett, on, my it's on my list of things to do. Brett tells this incredible story in his book about this time period working with Lawler. So right, uh, yeah, you've heard the story about Hogan, right? The King of the Ring. Where um no. so the summer of so 90... he, he worked he worked Yoko that night, yeah. Yeah. So the summer of ninety-three the the plan was, you know, Hogan's going to take the belt at Mania, and we're going to build, and Brett's going to tap Hogan out to the sharpshooter at SummerSlam. See, see, my understanding was that wasn't the plan. My understanding was that Hogan changed the plans the day of Mania. Uh, Hogan politic, but the the plan the whole time was Hogan versus Brett at SummerSlam. They okay. shot they shot promotional photos for it of them tug of warring over the belt. Um, sure. Now, depending on who you believe, either Vince was playing games with Hogan. Vince and Hogan were having a political battle all summer. They were playing games. Uh, Hogan, Vince told Brett Hogan refused to do the job. Hogan said that's not the case. Vince is fucking trying to tear a wedge between us. I don't know that part of the story. But Brett would piss at Hogan. Right before he went out to fight Bam Bam, Hogan had the shit match with Yoko. Brett's tearing it down. And Brett basically was like, Fuck you. You're a piece of shit. You wouldn't put me over. You're trash. Nobody wants you here. This is fucking my company now. Like, get the fuck out. And not so many words, but he told mm-hmm. Hogan off, went out and had a banger with Bam Bam, right? Sure. And then uh, he was pissed because when the match was over, Lawler picked up that fucking throne and stiffed him with it. Like, sloppy, right? Yeah. yeah. Brett, was, Brett was pissed about it. And I think Brett was like a little banged up or... He, he did something like leading into SummerSlam, Brett was like, I kept that in the back of my mind because, you know, Jerry's kind of pissing me off. And then he said Lawler uh, fucking stiffed the hell out of him with the crutch, like uh, at SummerSlam as well. And Brett was like, I had, I just had a fuck enough about it. So again, Brett, that's Memphis, man. But well, you stiffed him in the back of the head with a crutch. That's just sloppy, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's bullshit. So, but Brett knew what the finish was. So Brett said that when he put him in the sharpshooter and he knew he was holding on him for like 10 minutes, he said he fucking locked it in as hard as he could and gave Lawler his receipt. Like <laughs> Lawler wasn't shooting. Like Lawler was shoot in pain when he was fucking in the sharpshooter. Like Brett laid it in on him. That's one of those moves that 
if you want to, you could make your fucking opponent get, you know, roll the fucking uh, uh, figure four on me all day. <laughs> but I don't want to sell it. I'm not selling. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure shooter. Oh, yeah. You want me to sell? You could make me sell. <laughs> All my younger siblings have felt the sharpshooter. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. I only have the one, and it's a female. And yeah. sorry, <laughs> my sister. My sister felt it. My three brothers. They all felt it. They ever got out of line? Fucking sharpshooter. Let's just say my son is very lucky. His uh, legs are too small right now. Well, but he'll learn. He he felt a uh, he he felt the power bomb. Well, that'll learn him. This is yeah. this will I don't I don't know if I told you this story off air or not. I gotta tell the story on there. Um have I told you the story about the tallywhacker? Yes. <laughs> my son, for those who don't know this story, my son's getting into wrestling and we're gonna have to t- probably back off now. I've gotten three phone calls from the school lately. He punched a kid in the face today. Oh no. Where, uh, things are not going well. Yeah. Yeah. So I good. may have I may have to stop uh the whole wrestling thing, unfortunately. But up until now, he was getting into wrestling. And my son asked me one day, my son's five, by the way. My son asked me, he said, Daddy, can you teach me some wrestling moves? And I said, sure. And I grabbed him and I threw his head between my legs. I got him up and powerbomb him on the bed. And he thinks it's the funniest fucking thing. He's laughing. He goes, I can't do that move. I'm too tiny. I said, yeah, you can't do that. He goes, I'm going to make my own wrestling move. I said, "What? okay, what is it? He goes, it's called the tally whacker. I said, okay, what is it? And he fucking punched me in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Great Amy's got too. You know? Yeah. Little bastard. And now I'm wondering why he's punching kids in the face. Well, I mean, yeah. better the face than the dick, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I need to ask you a question because I have a huge glaring problem with your list. Oh, okay. So something big is missing. And I'm I let, let me look at my, my my list here. Is it WWF or WCW? It's WCW. Okay. Um, is it Vader and Flair? Yes. Okay, I. That's that's your shit, man. That's not my. Dude, that's, that was one I of the best matches yeah. in company history. Oh, I don't agree with that by far. Oh man, oh, you is... and I, you and I are going to disagree on that by a large margin. It's literally one of the most it famous. Was, matches it wasn't in even. WWE it was. It wasn't even the best match of that year. Yeah, no, I, you and I are going to disagree on that one. Yeah, that that I'm, uh, I'm not going to shit. Listen to me, I'm not going to shit on the match. That's the number two, but, two or three spot for me on the list. I think his Peter's match with Sting uh, far usurps his match with Flair. Flair Different right match, here. but I I think that Flair match is something special, man. It was it was the the crowd was hot. The, the, they had the career stipulation. Listen, Flair, one of Flair's first con- matches back. You could convince me to bounce Jack and Vader or Michaels and Perfect for for that match, but my top four stays as it is and does not get touched by that match. I mean, listen, I'm a huge fan of the Steiners and Heavenly Bodies, but I I can't. It was a great fucking match. I can't agree with it being in in the spot that you have it in. It is list worthy though. It should be on your list. But but to me, it's Brett Perfect, Flair Vader, Flair uh, Sting. Sorry, um, yeah, Flair Vader, Sting Vader. Like those. Sting are... Vader's your number three. That that was Sting Vader was my original number three. But Th- uh, those are those are I think three... and bodies, man. I I think Steiners and bodies is a better match. I think those are the three best matches of the year in 1993. 
Now, in all, let's now talk about 1993. We just talked about pay-per-view tonight. Um, we did a top seven because that's what we do. I don't think I could have done a top 20. I don't think there was 20 good, ma- good pay-per-view matches this year. It's a rough year. Um, you know, it was a rough year. However, if you told me to do 20 good television matches, I could have done that. I'd have to Raw, like, really Raw Raw was on fucking fire this year. When I was doing my research, I'm looking at all these matches that I couldn't put on this fucking list. Do you know who had one of the best fucking string of matches this year? Dark Cloud. Sean, Sean and Marty. Yeah. They had the IC title change, right? All their great matches. They had one match on fucking pay-per-view. Was that the Royal Rumble? And it's probably the, it's probably the worst. It is the worst match of their fucking string. They had three matches on Raw that were fantastic, and then there's they have one one up baby and shit the bed. Um, Dwight the Clown was a fucking star this year. Uh, Crush was putting on decent matches this year. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, 1993 was a great year for television. Go over to WCW. Check out Saturday Night and 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 and, and their television product. Oh, they were yeah. putting on. Do you, do you want to know who the stars this year were? <laughs> Fucking Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, and mm-hmm. Ricky Steamboat, and whoever he decided to take up with that week. Shane Douglas. You know, Shane Douglas for many of them. Yeah. Yeah. Rick uh, Rude. Those, Rick Rude had a strong 93 as well. Rick Rude had a great 93. Um, a lot of the matches I wanted to put on this card just didn't make it because it was like, it was just in 94. You know what I mean? Like, um, or just in 92. Um, Steamboat and, and uh, Steve Austin one on one that didn't happen in '94. It happened in '92 or '93. Sorry, yeah, it happened in '92 and '94. Not '93. What about the cage? What about the cage match from Slamboree '93? The Hollywood Blondes against uh, Steamboat and Shane Douglas. That missed my radar. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't watch that much because uh, Steamboat and Shane Douglas went under a different name. They were like under masks. It was like a gimmick they were doing. Mm. Um, okay. the other match I would strongly consider as a, uh, I wouldn't put it on my list probably, but great honorable mention. And if you're doing only WWF pay per views, it might make my number seven spot. Steiner's Head Shrinkers from WrestleMania Nine had a they had a great match. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the only uh things worth watching on that pay per view. Yeah, I mean that. I, no, uh, it's Sean Tatanka. Sean Tatanka was good, and if they had a better they're, finish. They're co- Sean still got a couple good matches in '93. Yeah, yeah. If they if that yeah. match would have had a better finish, I think that would have uh, been a good spot on the list as well. They had a great, uh, even better than the match at WrestleMania. They had a great match on Raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, Sean, I remember it be. I remember it being on the Heartbreak Kid VHS uh, tape back in the day. Um, they had a great match on Raw. Yeah, Sean. Sean had some fucking bangers, man. Your '93 was a good year for Sean because he. He had found himself, and and he was really starting to get to that next level, right? Um, why do you think we left nineteen ninety four? We left nineteen ninety three with right on top with Sean still climbing. Why do you think Mister Perfect didn't get to that level? He got hurt in ninety three. No, oh, no, he was back in ninety three. Where did he yeah. go? He just. Kind of, he, 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 he left the company. He came back and he did his face thing. Why? But why wasn't he big enough to, you know, for Vince to fight for him? And why are we not talking about Kerr Henning as one of the big main eventers? 
Yeah, he left the company. He was gone by Survivor Series. I I understand that, but my question is, why did if he w- if he was going to be a star for that company, Vince wouldn't have let him leave the company. I I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I just uh, I I don't know. In all honesty, I I don't have the answer for that. Something maybe like he just wasn't working as a face. Like you know, perfect yeah. does better work as a as a heel. I always but... wonder. There there are certain guys I always wonder. You know what held them back? Uh, Mister Perfect is number one on that list for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, of course, is my favorite of all time, Roddy Piper. Um, you know these guys who, in my estimation, were the best of all time. What kept them from that spot? What kept them from being the next? Hogan why was it Brett in that spot not Kurt Henning because if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you pound for pound I think Kurt Henning was the better wrestler over Brett yeah I don't agree with that and and I think a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't agree with that but at least agree I have a fight here I just don't think uh, I don't think that there's anybody better than Brett I, I think Brett Hart inside of the ring is one of the best wrestlers of all time. I, I, I really? say Brett, Kurt Angle, and Brian Danielson, I think. Are, I was just saying, well, I, I was going to say, you. there's no way you don't think Dragon has a I, shot at that. I think he's one of the, the greatest. I, I'm just talking about inside of the ring, putting on wrestling matches, uh, believability. Brett, perfect, and, well, and, and Kurt Henning. Or Brett, Kurt and, Henning. And, 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 that what's, and that's what does it for me. It, Brett's, it's Brett's style, right? Um, listen, you could be one of the greatest technical wrestlers of all time. Talk about your Dean Malenko's and, and, and your Chris Benoit's, your, 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 even your Brian Danielson's, uh, because I don't think Brian Danielson tells a story the way that, the, the way that Bret Hart does. Um, your Kurt Angles, your Shelton ben- Benjamins, these great professional wrestlers, these great technical wrestlers, they're all amazing. Nobody, no fucking buddy tells a story the way that Bret Hart does. Nope, he's the best. Brett, you know, and Kurt, Brett and Kurt Angle, I think, are... Now, now, I think there are better storytellers than Brett, but nobody has that combination of amazing wrestler and amazing storyteller together. Like, Brett, I think Roddy Piper... Roddy Piper's one of the greatest storytellers of all time, mm-hmm. but he's not the wrestler that, that, that Brett was. I Brett, think Hulk Hogan's a great storyteller. Yeah. Triple H is... One of my favorite storytellers in the history of the company. I put him in my top three. He's not the wrestler that, that Bret Hart was. Brett. So for that combination, I think it's only Brett. Brett had uh, a way of making everything believable and making everything look real, even when it wasn't. Like, and I'll I'll use the two examples: WrestleMania eight and WrestleMania thirteen. No blood allowed in the company. Brett fucking gigged him. <laughs> Brett gigged himself in WrestleMania Brett don't 8. don't give a shit. But, well, he did it in such a way that he convinced everybody it was fucking hard. hard way. Right? Yeah. Same thing with Austin. Brett gigged Austin right in front of Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 13. <laughs> Honey Badger don't give a shit. Did you see that piece of memorabilia, by the way, that Austin gave Brett? From WrestleMania the, the Razor. 13? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like framed it and shit, eh? Yeah, yeah. I, think it, I think it's hanging in his bar right now. Yeah. Brett has a bar. Yeah, in Calgary. I think I, I know. I knew that. I knew that. I want to go there. So yeah, yeah. Um, couple of discrepancies with your list, but overall, not too bad. Not too bad at all. So where are we putting ninety three? 
Now we already put it, I think we put it between 92 and 91. We 92 is the, the superior year, but 93, I think, gets the edge over 91. 93. Great year, good year, shit year for wrestling. Uh thumbs slightly up. Okay. Good year. Thumb, thumbs, it was a good year. It wasn't like fantastic. It was it, it wasn't it was above mediocre for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um you know, we so, saw we, we started to see the face turn of the Undertaker really take off in '93, and Taker started to get true. to a different level, right? Like, so how are you feeling when we enter '94? Then '94, we '94, we hit some bumps, right? '94, yeah, the 90, steroid trials are, are, are really happening. Vince has to take a step back. Oh, that um, was '92, '93. The steroid trial was done '94, wasn't it? Wasn't '90? Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't '94 the year that Art Donovan? Um, did King of the Ring? Yeah. The whole reason was because Vince McMahon couldn't do commentary because he was in the Star Wars trial. Was it 94? He was doing Star Wars No, it was 94. I always thought it was 92. I, I am positive. The whole reason Ardonovan was there was filling in for Vince McMahon. Uh, that, that, 94 was the year that uh, it was rumored that Jerry Jerry was going to take over. See, I always thought that was 92. 90, no, no, no. 92. There was too much going on. No, uh, 90, 92 is when uh, Zahorian. Ninety two is when Zahorian first got snipped. I thought he got indicted in ninety two. And then, because you know how long the justice system takes, by yeah. the time it actually went to court, it was nineteen ninety four. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So, do, do you think? Do you think you know ninety three? Calling it a good year, you think ninety four? We take a dip, or do you think we're still doing all right? Because we're we're start we're we're entering the new generation, right? Ninety four was the new generation. Yeah, uh, I think we. Oh, you know what? I I said ninety three was better, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back because we got Brett Owen ninety four, so that trumps everything that ninety three. Well, that did. that that's it. WrestleMania ten was a was the start of you know a string of of good stuff going on. Um. I think we get some really good pay per views in 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 nineteen ninety four. you know, we, no, we don't. They're really bad. If you if you really go back and look at it, Royal Rumble ninety four was Royal Rumble. The Rumble, great. the Rumble was better than ninety three. Yeah, the undercard. The undercard was better in ninety three. Agreed. Uh, right? Wrestle, WrestleMania was good. SummerSlam was, good. was a King, King was of the Ring shit. King of the Ring sucks. I, I, I'm glad. Slam, I'm glad. Great. I'm glad. I'm glad Owen got his moment, but King of the Ring was not great. No, SummerSlam uh, was yeah. not great. They had the cage match and Undertaker versus Undertaker. That's where we are. Survivor Series '94 might be one of the worst pay per views in WWF history. <laughs> right, worse. and WCW. Now we're in Hogan era. So by the end of '94, we have Hogan versus Brutus Beefcake at Starcade. You know, but you know what we get out of 1994? How much is that guy weigh? That's fantastic. That's probably the highlight of the year. <laughs> uh, and then if you want to even take a step further, 95. And, 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 and WCW starting to fucking, you know, they do the Mall of America. They're, they're, they're. Nitro they're, starts in 95. Yeah. They're, they're starting to take a step up. Uh, 94 is when they, 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 they signed Hogan. They did that. Um, they did that parade in the streets, right? In 94. Yeah. Summer 94. You know? uh, is, 94 I, is, is 94 the. Or is it ninety five the year that uh, they they threw the big show off the fucking roof? That's uh, ninety five Halloween Havoc. <laughs> yeah, by the end of ninety five, uh, things are painful. 
Yeah. You know, the Dungeon of Doom, it's fun to go back and laugh at, but like that was Ugh. not that was not a good time period for wrestling. Um WWF was running on diesel fuel, which was not a good time for the WWF. Um very very literally. Yeah. Yeah, they were in trouble. Uh and then 96, by the end of 96, we really start to turn it around. Yeah, 96 is one of my, you know, people can shit on 96 all they want. 96 is one of my favorite years of wrestling. 97 is my favorite year of wrestling. 96 from an in-ring standpoint might be one of the best years in wrestling ever. 96? Yeah. I think that's something we'll have to just to uh, really take a really good look at it on the show. I think well, we'll I mean, break take, down 96 one day. Take a look at both companies, right? In 96, you got Shawn Michaels running wild man having bangers with everybody as the world champion brett and austin at survivor series probably the match of the year yeah right and wcw wcw were fucking rolling hot with the nwo you know what i mean wcw is having a hell of a year but the cruiserweights are taking over in 96 right that's the year where the cruiserweights explode we're not going to go too crazy here because I do want to. Uh, I want to make a show out of this. Uh, Ninety-six is going to be here. We're going to focus. We're we're going to focus on it more. Um, with that said, man, uh, let's start wrapping this up. What uh, what do we got going on next week? We're going to do Jay Lee in probably two weeks. Yeah, I don't know what we got going on yet next week. I might put a list together. I might try to get an interview for us. I don't know. Okay, so we're uh, we don't even do know something. we don't even know if we're able to record yet next week together. So. Uh, I know I can't. <laughs> yeah. So you're out next unless, week, unless we do it out. Well, unless we do it like what we're doing right now, one o'clock in the fucking morning. Well, I'll, so, tell you, uh, I'll tell you how I feel tomorrow morning at six a.m. We'll see. It's and see if you can do it in a week's time. Yeah, we'll um, see. They, see the the recording part. That's not the bad part because I could literally just end and go to bed right now, and that's normal. Yeah. I gotta yeah. be up another fucking hour editing the show and and posting it to YouTube and. Well, I, I, uh, I'm on a 10, I'm on a 10 day work stretch. Uh, so, uh, all closes. So it's going to be hard, but we'll, we will get a show out next week. Uh, the week after that, we're going to get Jay Lee on the show. We're going to really talk about that big live thing we did. Um, listen to me. Air the live thing we did. Listen to me. Well, yeah, but we're going to talk about it with Jay Lee too. Yeah. Um, I want everybody to listen to me right now. I don't care if you're like not in tune with the independent wrestling scene right now. I don't care if you're not from Ontario and a lot of our, our listeners are not from Ontario. A lot of you guys don't know Barry Wrestling. You don't know who Young Jay Lee is. Please, I implore you in two weeks when we put this show out, listen to that show. You're going to thank us. You're going to thank yourself for listening to a show about Young Jay Lee because in a couple of years, when he's headlining AEW events, you're going to thank us for getting you onto this guy. 100%. That's all. Yeah. All right. That's it, man. Anything else uh, left for you? No, I got to start editing. So take us home. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for staying up late. Uh, we both have to be up. Uh, I have to be up at 630. You have to be up at 6, apparently. Ugh. I don't believe that. I, think I do. Shit. Well, I snooze, uh, until, I snooze until 645, but... <laughs> I I snooze until 6 35. Um I gotta be up early. We got both gotta be up early. It is very late. And on behalf of uh 1993, not that bad a year of wrestling as we thought, you have been counted out. Cheers. <laughs>